Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We solemnly swear that we're up to no good. Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as Ezra the Watchful, History of Magic Professor, the Flannel Wizard, obviously. Yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Hola, einen wunderschönen guten Tag. We're so happy that you're here. Come on in, make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 65 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we will talk about chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the Marauder's Map. As always, we'll start with our cottage catch-up, train for future trivia nights, and do our best to learn more about those magical and fantastic beasts. Did that make you smile? Is that the first time you've ever changed that? Yes, I just changed it seconds ago. Guys. Because it still said... You know me. Hold on a second. You guys know that I'm a rowdy badger and that I just Hufflepuff's love to have a good time. We started this with, we saw him swear, we're up to no good. And then I get in the dock and Lottie says, welcome to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Holy smokes. Woo! I don't know what you make of it, but I just thought it was. And that's the whole point. It's a big blank. It's a mystery. You just, it's a mystery. You make of it what you want to make of it. I'm just saying it out loud, uh, and it's a fill in the blank, right? Yeah. So, have you ever been grading a test or whatever? And as a teacher, I've done this, and I've seen uh, uh-huh. kids. There's a fill in the blank, and there's no word bank. Yeah. And so, yeah. boy, they oh. just get creative oh, yes. with the words. And I'm like, yes. oh, that's not even. Wow. And kids, if you're a kid and you're taking a test and you have blanks or even like multiple choice, do not leave it empty. Put you always something. have a chance. You always have a chance. <laughs> Especially if, it's, if it makes the teacher laugh and it's creative. Even if it's like, as long as it's actually appropriate, yes. it can be borderline. But as long as it's there, you might get half a point for that. You know, right. you might even get a bonus point yeah. just for effort and creativity. Yeah, true. So, so. <laughs> there you go. Right. There we go. Anyway. Uh, how, how are you doing, sweetie? Well, I have a happy bean coffee mm-hmm. in front of me, and um, I'm very happy because we had a longer weekend, so we had a really crazy week there at school, but we had the long Labor Day weekend, so we're mm. recording this on the weekend, and uh, it's great. We're looking forward to now. It will be a, a little bit of a shorter week, and hopefully you guys enjoyed here in America anyways. I say that, and I'm like, we have an international audience. Yes, we do. There is a Labor Day. What's Labor Day? What's Labor Day? You guys, aren't you guys laboring on that day? Uh, <laughs> no, it says the opposite. Uh, we yeah. are not laboring on that. It's a day to take a day off of work. Anyway, so it's, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, but, but yeah, so we're recording that. And this weekend we decided to dive back into Hogwarts Legacy. People, you don't understand. <laughs> you guys don't get it. No, you guys seriously. Don't understand. Can I, can I, okay, I want to tell our audience, our listeners, something. Please. 
we talked about this in the car. So I'm going to mm-hmm. start, like, going to go back a little bit. So we talked about this in this. Blah, 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 blah. We talked about this in the car yeah. that uh, sometimes I feel like we. I don't want to sound like a complainer. Often on this podcast, we come on and we're like, oh my God, we're so busy. We have so much to do. <laughs> Everyone has. And we know that. And we know that. I sometimes feel bad. But maybe it's our tolerance, how much we can do stuff at the same time. But I do feel mm-hmm. like my life right now, our lives are extremely, extremely busy right now because I didn't really plan on... There was no plan, huge plan to move here. When yep. do I go back to Germany? How do I get a green card? That all needed to be figured out on the way, on the fly. Yep. How do I get a job? Then we start, decided to start this podcast, which has been the best thing ever because it's our little... It's our time we can spend together and have fun and create something together. And it means so much to me that we have this project. But I just want to say that we are trying to work for, for for something we're trying to build something while we're also teaching and even though i'm only part-time first year feels like full-time mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's like at school i do so much to prepare my next day's lesson i come home uh work another two to three hours yeah and you work on the youtube channel some school stuff and i mean the start of the school year is always busy so all that to say we we're happy to have some time to breathe on a labor day weekend and we actually put up our shelf finally our bookshelf oh yeah it was sitting in our apartment for weeks weeks and weeks on end staring at me (laughs) saying what you gonna do about it and we finally had some time to put it up and boy i love it so much how much a bookshelf can add to your cozy homey feeling i don't even know if yeah. homie is a word but you know like yeah, you yeah. feel at home you're my feels... homie <laughs> yeah I know. you know i'm your homie we're, we're all homies here okay um so yeah. yeah i just i just don't want to you guys to think like oh they're always they're always complaining about how busy their lives are so no we're not we're just acknowledging that right now uh it is a busy time of our lives where we're trying to do two bigger things two jobs at the same time and you know i'm still kind of have i have some things in germany that i have to take care of so it's it's fine it's all good but we actually appreciate our time that we got to spend playing hogwarts legacy we've had it since it came out play the first hour or so yeah and then never had time to get back and it was such a fun time even if it was just one or two hours last night that we just hung out on our couch played hogwarts legacy ate some grapes had some good drinks and mm-hmm. it just made my heart so happy to yeah. be in the moment with you just playing that game and having fun and oh should we go there should we go there yeah should we do the quest that they asked of us uh can you fight <laughs> and when we started out i was fighting that guy and you you didn't understand how how i had such a hard time and then you were starting to fight some guys too and you're like oh Okay. Got- <laughs> okay. I don't know. Sorry. I, I went a lot. Time out. You can, yeah, you can defend Are yourself. you trying to say, okay, guys, you know, if you've, you've played Hogwarts Legacy, there is a troll that comes in there and, and, and um, hogs me. All right. And or what well, you I can't was, really turn around and focus. Like, oh, on we're going to get on a fight right here on the podcast. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but I was facing down six guards <laughs> trying to get into the antechamber. So it was a big deal. We'll put a poll up. What's more difficult, feeding the troll or the six guards to get into the antechamber? It was tough. But no, I, sorry, 
yeah. to, to, to take us there. But um, it's been great. Yeah. It's been a great weekend. Yes. It's been fun. And it is nice to kind of get back into it and play it and just, uh, yeah, relax a little bit, you know, slow down. I think we saw yeah. something today that said, don't let your plans get in the way of enjoying the journey yes. or like experiencing the journey. Right. I actually took a picture of that. I'm going to post it on Instagram right now. Yeah. And it's just the idea that I think we, we do have so many things that we had to do being an international couple that we, we just kind of, I mean, it's hard to explain to some people sometimes, but it just was a lot going on. And then I decided, hey, stick a mic in front of your face. And I'm so glad that we did because, yeah. you know, we're a year, a year and a half or more away from starting this podcast. And it's just been so much fun, you know, yes. to meet friends and to have emails come in to laugh over people's names and to just, you know, hear your guys' theories and thoughts. It's it's huge. And then now we're doing the Star Wars podcast and that's great. We're yeah. doing YouTube content and it's just a lot of fun. And it is a journey. Look how you started out with all your different YouTube channels and now you have your one YouTube channel and you just so yeah. excited to everything you do now you can post on there and it's oh so great i had awesome. such a zen moment so yeah finally but finally in in a place where i can just focus on one thing and put all my effort towards it and yeah just have some fun yeah so uh that was a long-winded kind of cottage catch-up yeah sorry just edit it all out <laughs> you gotta let it out sometimes you just gotta if it's in your heart oh i said edit it all out <laughs> oh sorry i heard let it all out uh, okay. I'm kidding. I know. Uh, All right. Hum. What else do we got? Should we just start with trivia training? Anything yeah. else to uh, say? Is there anything else we needed to share? Any, oh, oh, as we were playing Hogwarts Legacy and let us know. We're always throwing out ideas and we'd love to get our, you know, oh, feedback yeah. of our listeners, of our patrons. Um, we were thinking about maybe setting up a Discord and once a month play Hogwarts Legacy with you guys together. Yeah, and just more hangout. of like a hangout. Yeah. Um, and it's it would really be for just everyone. For fun. It would really be for everyone who listens to the podcast. And it would be then sort of like people who um, set up on Patreon can pop on chat, say something if they want to whatever yeah. i mean but everybody can kind of pop in there and, and hang out or just we'll be going live and anybody who wants to chat with us yeah we'll yeah. be there it's so fun let us know. i used to do that with up talking tolkien back in the day with lane and i thought this would be this would be cool because i've been trying to get some friends uh back into gaming and just having a gaming night where you just relax and i don't do any editing we don't do any school right no yep. content yep. no nothing we just we literally just play have fun and connect with people because yeah. it's cool it's cool to do it here on the podcast and give people shout outs and to hear uh their owls and, and have thoughts come in we've got theories yes. going on over on Star Wars Hangout because the Ahsoka series is happening. But like, it's just nice to have time to, you know, catch up and see how people are doing, what, what's going on in their lives and all that yeah. good stuff. So yeah, great idea. <laughs> all right. Ready for a training session? Yeah. I only have one question for you today. What is it? What does Ron throw at Malfoy in Potions class in this chapter, which causes Snape to take 50 points from Gryffindor? Oh boy. What does so, he... Oh, I know. It's, it's a very oh, I know. short... You Hold remember? On. It is a heart, mm -hmm. but it is a heart of a crocodile. It's a crocodile heart. Yeah, crocodile heart. Good job. I mean, did not look. Did not. <laughs> uh -uh, don't even have the dock up. All right. So you know me. I go dockless. So yeah, crocodile heart. I remember that because I remember going. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> so if I ask you in a year from now, what it Ron throw at Malfoy in potions class in chapter ten of Azkaban? I won't remember. Can you remember? Yeah, I doubt it. No. So, but maybe if I tell you a little bit more, so the crocodile heart was mainly used as a potion ingredient, which was used in the making of the calming draught. So in what? this chapter, where Harry calms down a little bit there and then gets really excited <laughs> because of the map, uh, they're brewing a calming draught. Now, why would that be connected to a crocodile's heart? Is a crocodile pretty crom? I mean, look how still they are. No, honestly, they, That's they what probably I'm saying. have a lower Cold heart Cold-blooded, though. Yeah. 
They're oh, cold-blooded. Yeah, they but they so. can be super still. They look like they yeah. don't. I mean, they don't. Do they? they oh, my gosh. Do they Biology. Want? Do they breathe through their... Are you serious? I thought uh, trivia was over. <laughs> how, did a, how does a crocodile breathe? Through its nose? <laughs> Probably nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> through its big through mouth? Its I mean, Oh, I don't know. Go ask him. Um, but. but I wanted to touch on the calming draught a little bit more. Because yeah. I also looked it up on the wiki. It was a potion that was used to calm a person down after they have suffered. They have had suffered a shock, trauma, or emotional outburst. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about it. This this chapter or the previous chapter, what Harry went through, and now yeah. they're making a calming draught. And oh snap! Are you saying that this was? I don't know, but like a kindness in a way to. Did 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 anyone tell Snape what Harry heard that like? Did they know? Wait did a second. Tell anybody? Wait an actual second. Are you are you being dead serious right now? Hold on a second. I don't know. Maybe there, it's just coincidence. No, it is not. Hold on. I like any time. But you know, I'm the guy who who was trying to find foreshadowing evidence for Fred Weasley's death. <laughs> okay, and I found it. Whether it you know was intentional or not, I don't care. Yeah. But are you telling me that there's a chance that Snape? decided you know what i'm still gonna keep this facade up of an angry mean Mm. blah blah blah. yet i'm going to give harry and other students who are who had a traumatic experience crazy right in just the last chapter uh a way in which to calm down and to i mean that or maybe dumbledore kind of ordered it no no because of the dementors now you're totally see you went you went pro okay okay you're a pro dumbledore (laughs) anti-snape no i'm 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 pro dumbledore and i'm happy to find reasons for Snape, why he's the way he is. Okay. All right. I don't feel better. Okay. okay. And uh, actually, in if you remember, the fifth year when they get ready for the their exams, their OWLs, yeah. there's a student, Hannah Abbott. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hannah Abbott, who is Huffball. who freaks out and, and she starts crying in herbology, claiming to be too, st- air quote, stupid, take her exams. Mm-hmm. So, so she had a nervous mm-hmm. breakdown and they gave her the calming drop. Madame Popper gave her. And also in my hand canon, I don't even know if it's mentioned. It's not in the, um, here in the wiki. Yeah. But I want to think that Madame Pomfrey made a huge amount or maybe even, like, I don't know, whoever was making it or maybe they had a supply of it. Yeah. After the Battle of Hogwarts. I want to think that she passed oh, out that draw to were. everyone who was there and experienced that battle. Good grief. Can you, <laughs> hold on a second. Like, Slughorn is he knows the battle's maybe maybe coming he like he he runs Ooh. away for a little he goes down there yeah. and he just like with his wand mm-hmm. whips up a few he's got a, he's got a, a cauldron of it kind of brewing i mean yeah. trelawney foresees the battle to come and and they start to kind of work on a calming yeah you know potion for the kids because she has you know, yeah. she can see these yeah. things coming so she wouldn't know true <laughs> but. no yeah i yeah i would love to imagine Dang. that Mm. Me too. Because, you know, at the end, they're all sipping uh, on some sort of like, they've all got these like tin cups or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just imagining, yeah, they're full, they're, they're, they're full of that. And they're also passing around chocolate maybe as well. And Oh, my goodness. Yes. Maybe maybe, maybe yeah. Slughorn knows a special brew of it that is, is actually, yeah, oh, my, oh, gosh. But maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's like he's, he can make his a little bit sweeter or something too. Maybe he's got yeah. a way to flavor that, uh, <laughs> that, that calming. Maybe it is already tasty. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. wonder if it is. What I'm if we sure made our is. own? Like yeah, I mean, what? people say there's teas that are very calming, or there's probably yeah. something similar in the Muggle world. If we called it, like, yeah, if, if we if we just, if, if I thought in my mind that this was a potion, I think I would be more inclined to drink that tea. Yeah. You know? I know. All right. 
Interesting. Okay, yeah. we have some more uh, interesting connections to make in our weekly Magi Zoology lesson. All right. Uh, for this chapter. And because you said, are we going to cover the Hinky Punk? Hinky Punk? Is and I'm like, oh, he's not punk. in the they're, they're not in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the Book. But we still are going to cover them. I mean, why not? Because they're part of this chapter. And um, Professor yeah. Lupin is back. Yeah, let's go. He's back in the classroom. And he's uh, teaching the kids about hinky punks. I can't say it. Hinky punks. Hinky punks. Hinky punk. Um, and we want to take a closer look at them. So, hinky punks. As they're not in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find them. I'm going to read from the wiki to you. Mm-hmm. A hinky punk was a diminutive, one-legged, magical beast with the appearance of wispy blue, gray, or white smoke. It had a proclivity for luring travelers off of their paths at night into treacherous bogs or wetlands under the guise of a helpful lamp-bearing being. They were impish varmints who revel in inconveniencing magical folk and non-magical folk alike. They could propel fireballs far from their lamps, causing serious damage. They also sporadically emitted hollering and grunting noises. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. This is the first example I have found Mm -hmm. in the Harry Potter series of what I would call a UAP. (laughs) Right? An unidentified aerial phenomenon. It's not aerial. (laughs) It is because it's floating. And it is like, if you look at that, it's a wispy blue, gray, white smoke. (laughs) And it's like floating, although it does seem to be carrying a light or a lamp. And it has a, it has one foot. So I can tell you what I imagined when I read the description for okay. the first time. Yeah. I was thinking of the Spirited Away lantern. That lantern. Do you remember by any chance when, if you've seen Spirited yeah. Away, super cute movie, Um, it's one of the uh, Ghibli, Ghibli or Ghibli, no one knows. <laughs> I think it's Ghibli. Ghibli movies, um, when Chihiro, the girl, the main character, goes to the other witch, the sister, Zaniba, and yeah, they're yeah. going down that path, and there is... Just Google Spirited Away Lantern or uh, on YouTube, and yeah. there is a little one-footed lantern that's guiding the way. And I was okay. like, well, that sounds a lot like that thing. <laughs> yeah. But it actually has an, it makes an appearance in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, apparently, with Newt's commander. Just when they're very going quickly. Yep, he Although just puts it in the he puts suitcase. It in the lantern. It's not like it's holding the lantern, though. I think it's part of the beast, though, or the the being, the thing. Now, this is interesting. Look what he says. So, uh, Jacob says, like, what what do you got there? Mm-hmm. Right? And he's asking what this is that he's that he's putting in. It's a, it's a hinky punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it disrupts tracking charms. Oh, that's yeah. huge. So, they can't be tracked down. So, yeah, exactly. It's a, it, yeah. That's good. I because see you. We didn't know that it could do that. Yeah. So, it's a, but again, you know, Newt always has a good relationship with a lot of yeah. these things that are fantastical, and we're learning about them from Remus in a different light. Mm-hmm. Get it? It's a light, like spooky <laughs> lights in the bog. Uh, and why I said UAP, by the way, too, most people yeah. find their encounters in a forest or a bog uh, with the hovering yeah. lamp oh, you mean or because, a light. Yeah, because they say that they um, inconvenience magical folk and non magical folk alike. Exactly. Mm. They could propel fireballs oh. far from their lamps. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so fireball just <laughs> drifting through a bog, and you're like, ooh, look at this. And I'm like, it's almost like we all turn into these bugs that are attracted to the light, and we drift towards it. It's, yeah, anyways. But, so distinctions. Let me see here. Looks like smoke, bears a lantern, lures travels into dangerous mm-hmm. bogs, turns solid when illuminated. Oh, what? there you go. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. These things are weird. Very strange. Very magical. 
Yeah. Uh, would you want to have one? Well, I mean, I, I, it seems like they have... Wouldn't that be cool to have them as a guardian, though, if they would be yeah. friendly towards you and they're guarding your house? And, yeah, you're untrackable Like a, like a little lamp in the yard, in the front yard? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For I mean, fence. I don't want them luring strangers into my front yard. Oh, uh, that's true. You know yeah, if, if that's like, what they um, default to, then yeah, yeah maybe so not. Yeah, <laughs> so if they... what I mean, if they're just illuminating the backyard and we're all... Yeah, that's fine. But if they... And also, if they're propelling fireballs yeah. around, I'm just like, guys, you got to calm down back yeah. there. Like, it's not 4th of July, so just chill. <laughs> but I would say if they are... If you're, if you're able to... Like, it, like, people can't track you or trace you or... Yeah something and you were a witch and a wizard that would be a nice thing especially if you're on the yes. move or you're just out and about on your own like if you're if you're traveling i imagine you know and somebody puts a puts some sort of tracker on mm -hmm. you and they're trying to stalk you like hey yeah. this would be nice to have one of these guys that would be cool so by the way yeah. i just realized that the first time i read the book i n never really read the the description of the hinky punk very well because yeah. in my mind i imagine it to be like a i don't know like a two-legged something being carrying, like an animal yeah. like being yeah right if you look on the wiki they've got like a wispy kind of <laughs> yeah. think of like totally a, different <laughs> it looks like a spirit i yes. mean it just looks like yeah. a little like the genie that comes out of the lamp almost yeah. not not materialize oh that though hold on it's got its own lamp yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a spirit that comes out of a lamp and yeah. it's like yeah wispy and has a head sort of in two arms holding the lamp and then one leg or what would be like the genie tail kind of going right, down right. and bobbing on the on the ground so yeah. almost like a spring like it's like springing along yeah so. definitely a, a being beast whatever uh to be careful with that's why lupin teaches kids about it in uh, defense against dark arts yeah and uh um, that means we can just dive into the chapter right away right yeah absolutely let's do it let's get into the okay. chapter summary and then we'll we'll talk more about uh, that lesson okay chapter 10 the marauder's map after a grim defeat against Hufflepuff and the Dementor's attack on the Quidditch field, Harry has to spend the rest of the weekend in the hospital wing. His broom got completely destroyed in the storm, but Harry cannot bring himself to let Madame Pomfrey throw out the shattered remnants of his Nimbus 2000. Lots of visitors come to see Harry that weekend, and while they're all trying to make him feel better, Gryffindor's Seeker is troubled by something deeper. He's seen the Grimm twice now, and both times he nearly got killed. And then there are the Dementors. No one else seems to be affected by their presence as much as Harry is. No one else is hearing their dying mom's voice and Voldemort's laughter. Harry is glad to return to school the following week and to be among the hustle and bustle of the busy castle. Students are also relieved to have their defense against the Dark Arts teacher back and complain loudly to him about Snape as a substitute. After an interesting lesson about the Hinky Punk, Professor Lupin dismisses all students but Harry. The two have a little chat about the events of the weekend. Lupin explains to Harry how Dementors feed on happiness and leave us with nothing but our worst feelings and memories. As Harry has experienced more horrors than most other students, it is just natural that the effect on him is more severe. It does not mean that he is weaker than the others. This makes Harry feel ten times better, and Lupin promises he will teach him how to defend himself against the Dementors in the future. November and early December fly by, and things start to fall in place again for Harry. The Hufflepuff Quidditch team gets flattened by Ravenclaw, and Gryffindor is back in the run for the cup. The Dementors keep their distance from the grounds, and two weeks before Christmas, Hogwarts staff and students find the castle covered in glittering frost. There is a buzz of Christmas in the air. Both Ron and Hermione decide to keep Harry company and stay at Hogwarts for the holidays. On a snowy Saturday morning, right at the end of term, everyone is excited to go on another Hogsmeade trip. Everyone but Harry. But after Ron and Hermione have left for the village, 
Ron's brothers, Fred and George, surprised Harry with a game-changing gift they stole years ago from Filch's office, the Marauder's Map. They quickly teach him how to use it and show him the best secret passageways he can use to get to Hogsmeade undetected. Harry is flooded with excitement. He dashes to the third floor corridor. There, the statue of the One-Eyed Witch reveals the entrance to a secret tunnel leading into Honeyduke's sweet shop. Harry can't wait, dives headfirst down the entrance of the tunnel, and the adventure begins. Right when he tiptoes out of Honeyduke's cellar and steps into a paradise of magical sweet shop, he spots his two best friends in front of the shelves. Ron and Hermione can't believe their eyes, and Harry tells them all about the mysterious map. Hermione's first reaction is her voice of reason. Turn it in to the teachers. It is too dangerous. What if Sirius Black uses the secret tunnels into Hogwarts? What if someone sees Harry? But Ron and Harry don't want to hear it and rather go and have some fun. The three make their way to the broomsticks to get some butterbeer. After Harry's first sip of the deliciously warm beverage, however, he spots Professor McGonagall, Flitwick, Hagrid, and Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic himself, enter the pub. Harry did not think he would meet teachers, let alone the minister here, and quickly ducks under the table. The adults take a seat right next to the trio's table. Thankfully, none of them have noticed Harry, who is definitely not supposed to be in Hogsmeade right now. The pub owner, Madame Mersmerda, joins the adults group. Not entirely on purpose, the kids listen in on the adults' conversation, and what they hear makes Harry drop his jug of butterbeer. Supposedly, Sirius Black and Harry's father, James Potter, were best friends at Hogwarts. Lily and James even made Black Harry's godfather, and through the Fidelius charm, the secret keeper of their house. That means only Black could have known and given away their location to the Dark Lord and betrayed his friends. According to the minister's story, Peter Pettigrew, another school friend of Sirius and James, tried to hunt down Black to avenge Lily and James. Black apparently blew Peter into pieces along with 12 muggle bystanders. All they were able to find of Peter's body was a finger. The mad murderer was arrested and taken to Azkaban right away. And now the Ministry suspects Black is on the run to seek out and reunite with the Dark Lord once more. Budge seems confident, however, that they will be able to catch him long before he can find his master. With that, the teachers and minister get up and leave the three broomsticks to meet Professor Dumbledore for dinner up in the castle. Ron and Hermione can't help but stare at Harry in disbelief, who's still crouched up under the table. This is so much. It is. Again, I say that about a lot of chapters. Say it again. But I want to, right now, as of now, I want to claim this to be my favorite chapter. Wow. So far. You have done that numerous times. I know. I know. And it's okay. But this one is so, it takes you everywhere. It's so emotional. It's so beautiful, happy, exciting, and then it gets really emotional, yeah. dark. Yep. Um, You know, it's it's everything i don't know it's all over the place yeah i mean it's you're right it's it's a roller coaster ride yeah uh, it really is because you've got the the buzz of christmas in the air and we get to go to ha- hogsmeade for the first time hogsmeade. with harry yep yeah you've got your honey dukes the, the the smell of the candies in there the map yep you're on a high actually yeah. I, yeah. that's what's crazy is he's yeah. on a high things yes. are good even though he had this low moment with the dementors that's really what prisoner of azkaban is all these highs ups and downs like yeah here you can have this now we're gonna take it away here you get this now we're gonna take mm-hmm. that away and all the way up until the very end. Yeah. Which is nuts. So, yeah, I'm with you. This is kind of, um, 
Yeah, that's how this is going to go probably the rest of the book. And this is this is one where we learn a lot. I remember reading this for the first time going like, oh, this is this is a huge one. Because yeah. you get the Minister of Magic. You know, now what we know about Cornelius Fudge is is different from when we like first read the book. We don't yeah. know anything about it. We're thinking this is a big, this is the top dog yeah. in, in <laughs> Hogsmeade talking to the other professors. It just feels bigger, yeah. if that makes sense. And and he's in there sharing things and they're talking to Ros Murda. And it's just, it's wild. Harry learns a lot about Sirius Black and yeah. you get some of this backstory, which we haven't had. We had, we've, the first couple of books, we don't get a whole lot. It's just tragic. And now right. we're finding out that it's, there's even more tragedy and mystery and power and, and prophecy and things attached to it. So yeah, yeah it is one of those, those kind of jaw dropping uh, chapters. Yes. Okay. Let's dive in and go back to the beginning of it uh, a little bit, because this is, like you said, Harry gets back to school he's so happy to get back to school because he feels so awful and doesn't even want to tell his friends you know about like he saw the grim because they he thinks they're just going to be worried about it mm-hmm. nor really he doesn't want to talk about his mom's screams that he hears yeah, when yeah. when he gets near the dementors and everything so again traumatic events that he has to relive and go through again yes i would just say that I, I know this is like the grim and it's a mm-hmm. story I was trying to think of Texas self connections again. And yeah. I think a lot of people have something that's either embarrassing or something that the that here's some a common thread that I think a lot of people share that they don't acknowledge and say out loud. Yeah. Is that a lot of us growing up or during different times in our adolescence and even in adult years where something you do is embarrassing or you make a mistake or it's tragic or whatever it is and you don't the, the commonality here is you don't want to think about it you right. don't want to share it with anybody and you're not sure how people are going to handle it or react to it and that's what he's kind of facing with the grim it's yes. like you know it's not that bad and actually that's another common thing is that most of the times we can all look around at each other and say hey that's okay you saw this thing or this thing happened to you or it's okay to cry about you know the the tragic thing that happened in your past yeah. right most people would totally understand but we're often too afraid to kind of let those emotions out and be right vulnerable in front of other people yes you know? and the dementors they force you to they do yeah um but he's very happy i mean it's a very small sentence but that he's so happy to get into the hustle and bustle of the yes. castle and yeah. be among students and just the everyday problems versus your huge traumatic mm-hmm. childhood mm-hmm. events yeah, yeah. and that's where everyone's also happy. Like all, all the students are happy to have Lupin back. Yep. I, it sounds like Snape was only there for one one day or two, maybe. Yeah, because they don't have they don't have Defense Against the Dark Arts every day, do they? Right. They I'm have sure more they... more like our system works. You have it at certain times um, throughout, th- the week. throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, you have a different different schedule every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, so he's back, <laughs> and we were wondering. <laughs> Because the students are complaining. And obviously, Lupin realizes, okay, Snape gave them... He covered werewolves with them. And he gave them homework. An essay. Two parchments worth of an essay about werewolves. And how to freaking kill them. Yeah. Did he ever confront Snape about this? Because he said, no, you don't have to... Don't do the homework. Right. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah. I think he even says, I'll talk to Professor Snape about it. Don't worry. You, you don't have. I bet he did. But I bet I feel, he went in there. You and know what? I feel like Lupin is the guy who's very calm about it. And oh, I don't think he went off. And said, yeah. Hey, thank like, you for covering. Thank you for pushing them. You know, beyond where they're at, etc. Yeah. 
and trying to challenge them. I mean, like, you know, but... You think he didn't even mention, like, yeah, I know exactly what we were trying to do here. No, I think he, I think he <laughs> yeah, would just very go... very professional. Very professional yeah. about it and just sort of, like... That's the whole difference is that people often say this, and I think Lori Kim in her book, and I've heard people talk about this, yeah. is that Snape is emotionally or um, like his maturity is stunted. Mm-hmm. And he is more like an adolescent who's finally now able to you know, enact yes. some of his vengeance yeah. and get something back and ha, gotcha sort of thing. And Lupin's <laughs> like, we're... We're beyond that. I, yeah. I, I feel like you can feel for Snape a little bit and, and understand that mm-hmm. like he never got a chance to do some of those things and he still harbors a lot of different mixed emotions and feelings. Yeah, Lupin I, definitely yeah. feels like the oldest of the... Because Sirius later on, we will see him, same thing. He's very immature still. True, because he went to Azkaban. impulsive, yep. Right. And, and they, he, they yeah. live in those moments. Like yeah. They are trapped in their mind and their emotions and, and their ta- spirit. Yeah back in that time period and they're not able to move beyond it whereas i think lupin did and it because of his circumstances um being a werewolf whatever it's it's a lot of different things that probably helped him just move forward he also wasn't of the marauders you find out that lupin wasn't the closest he wasn't picked by james as the best friend to keep the secret he uh peter pettigrew really was kind of the person here's all right this is gonna sound crazy this is gonna sound actually crazy okay i had a group of friends I can't I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, okay? <laughs> I had a group of friends, and I often felt like the Lupin. In, I can see that. In, like, like, seriously. Yeah. Because I don't think Lupin wanted to be James's best friend or Sirius's best friend. He just wanted to be their friend. Yeah, he, he enjoyed, just wanted to be around them. Yeah, this he, is fun, and, and they, but I think they liked him a lot. Yes. And I think James James also was like willing to, hey, guys, we got to do this for Lupin. And yeah. I don't know that Lupin asked for that or, or wanted no. it or whatever. But I it's think like, he actually told him not to. Yeah, and it's like, okay, thanks, guys. I, I, I appreciate yeah. that. And that's where you get some of these mixed mixed things where people do something for somebody else that is really nice and comes from the best place, but that person's also like, uh, you know, I'd really just like to be alone during that time, and yeah. that's 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 okay. Well, yeah. hey, don't worry. We're all going to change into, you know, yeah. uh, like a rat, a dog, and uh, a stag. And you, he also, you'll, you'll be fine. Don't worry. It's a good mix. seemed to be the most mature, even during their school years. He didn't yeah. seem to be that guy who would, you know, do that kind of stuff to Snape or be a bully to anyone, really. Right. Because yeah. he knows what it feels like to be, um, well, yeah, kind of bullied. If, if, yeah. if the other students would know, would have known, they would definitely... Oh, him. for sure. And oh, he for was sure. By society, in society, Isn't people that talking crazy. about werewolves. That is crazy to think about that they they did shield him and, and kind of protect him from maybe a lot of that bullying. I think he would have been stoic and I think he would have been okay and, yeah. and had, you know, I mean, again, not that it wouldn't have affected him because I know a lot of, a lot of, the bullying that I went through when I was in middle school and things was traumatic and I yeah. didn't I didn't enjoy it and that was uh, definitely a reason I got into being a teacher and I, I decided to be a different type of person than those people who bullied me but yeah I think there's that is interesting because then they, then they pick on Snape yeah you know and honestly all we know I know somebody um, um, went to one of your shorts where you talked about yeah. James Potter right okay yeah yeah and his secondary house and they said we see Everything we learn about James Potter is mainly through the lens of Severus Snape. So we should mm-hmm. also be careful with all the information we get about James and, and yeah. you know, how they really were. But I do think that they thought they were the the goat. The goat. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Harry. Uh, sorry. The goats. <laughs> the goats. Uh, James and Sirius. <laughs> and they did not. I mean, they loved Lupin. Yeah. But I don't think they realized how 
how smart and powerful Lupin himself actually is. Yeah. And that they held him back a little bit. I think Lupin yeah. is just as skilled as, even though he said, oh, I was not the best potion brewer or whatever. But I think. Yeah, he's humble. Very, um, yeah. And, and he comes from humble beginnings sort of right and he still is he still is a professor who they talk about like what he wears and and stuff here's something when i first started teaching at the district that i teach at like i did not wear awesome cool dress clothes i didn't have the cool things i still had an iphone or a phone that had an antenna and the kids laughed at me and you know like i mean it was and they thought it was awesome yeah in a weird way they were kind of like this guy's different and he and also i didn't care that much i was sort of like guys i'm saving money you know like i (laughs) I was like, this is what I got to be doing. And then there's respect for that because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, one day we're going to be in that that <laughs> position, too. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's just, I, yeah, I, I, I do feel more connected to him. And I do kind of, I even think that he maybe gives his friends a little bit of a pass on, I don't know how he felt about some of the Snape bullying stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Snape was always trying to figure out what they were doing. And I, at one point, they even saved Snape's life when Lupin yeah. almost kills him. Right. I think that's yes. something that. I think they have had a silent agreement. Like they. Yeah. Almost like they, he, Snape knew that Lupin wouldn't do this kind of stuff on his own, but he also don't want to doesn't want to get on Sirius and James's bad side and, yeah. and defend Snape. You know, he didn't right. want to go that far. But well, I think Snape was very smart and knew Lupin was not really the driving source. Yeah, because this. because he's just more like like his uh, animosity or his digs or the things that he says or whatever does are not as direct like his no. like the way he goads serious later on it's almost like he knows he can do that more so yeah and yeah, that's way more personal than it is with remus way like, more spiteful yeah how, yeah, how serious yeah. And, and snape got yep mm-hmm. so um but yeah i think that conversation would have been interesting to see in the teacher's lounge where for sure he's just sort of like snape, uh, yeah. snape i appreciate it sorry you know i, I bet he even said i wonder if he even ever said to him like hey i'm sorry all those things went down and and stuff i, yeah. I think you're great potions master and, and all these different things but also he's probably ticked that he that he signed up and was a supporter of right. Voldemort and yeah. then you've got to understand that like Snape only shares some of his like the best of himself with Dumbledore he doesn't share right, right. the better bits of himself with with anyone else no. Lily was maybe the only one ever who had like a lens or or an eye in on on that sorry so. I know we're totally off topic from this chapter okay. but i just had a thought like again i think lupin was very smart and very socially emotionally also smart yeah i think he could see i mean also james and Sirius kind of knew that james uh, sorry snape and so severus and lily were talking before all that yeah before they even came to hogwarts but i think that lupin probably knew that they were friends very close friends yes and yeah. that he remembers that um yeah and and that and that James also though kind of got Lily away right. from from, from Severus, yeah. and that was yeah they're in the same house they're sorted in different houses there there's a there's a closeness in, with your housemates yeah and so they couldn't meet up as often and then they don't want to meet up with Snape and they want her to meet up with them so it's just this jealousy yeah. thing yeah. right it's just back and forth and yeah, I guarantee Remus saw that there's a lot of fanfic out there by the way though <laughs> about Remus and Lily oh we talked with Swish and Flick about it yeah we talked with Crazy. Megan and Katie that how great actually Lily and Remus would have been together even though I love Remus and Tonks but yeah anyway so um but why we always end up talking about Lupin? Because he's such a great character. Everyone loves him. And honestly, I can so see Lupin and you or you and Lupin. Oh, because that's nice. Yeah, you have that spirit. I, I, I do. Like, I like him a lot. I yeah. always think he's uh, 
well-written character and yeah. has, has just so many different uh, dynamics. Yeah. So. so in this class, he ta- he teaches an awesome class about hinky punks. Students are excited. Mm-hmm. They're uh, mm-hmm. happy to have him back. And after class, uh, he um, wants to talk to Harry about his experience. And I think that's so sweet. Yep. And it makes you so emotional when I'm going to read this. When Harry tells him that he hears his mom's screams when the Dementors get near. And Lupin literally wants to grip his shoulder and comfort him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he like he has this urge, but he doesn't because he knows yeah. I'm a teacher. He's a student. This, yeah. He doesn't even know that I knew his parents that well. Yeah. Yeah. And he wonder why he doesn't tell him at all how close he was with his parents. I, that's a great question. <laughs> what, why doesn't Luke? Can I interrupt just real yes. quick? So why doesn't Lupin tell Harry about this sooner? Yeah. And it's just, again, he's trying to keep the teacher dynamic. Yeah. He's also trying to, I feel like that would open doors of trauma, right? It would right. It would open up a lot of these different things to kind of talk about. But more. Harry never had anyone to walk through his trauma before. No, I'm no. I'm just thinking from Lupin's perspective, like maybe why he would have hesitated and why he doesn't, uh, d- doesn't want to just walk him back down memory lane or whatever because it could be really hard um although ironically what harry would love to do is hear about all the good memories from his his mom and dad probably right and and the good times that they had yeah and that would have been something that they could have done Uh, yeah because in this moment i'm sure his heart aches for harry's but also his own heart aches because he lost his best friends that night yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I say, so yeah. one of the people I think sometimes when I, I say like, I, I like Slughorn and maybe it's yeah. like, I like the, I like the movie Slughorn. <laughs> you know why? Because he takes Harry and he says something so kind about his mother. Yes. And he shares some memory yeah. with, and he's able to pass on this. It's a, it's a gift that he gives mm-hmm. to Harry and shares something. You know, when I hear people talk about my mom from a time long ago or something that, that that she did for them or just a, just a happy memory. It just brings this flood of emotions back to me in such a positive way. And I, I just can see her again and I, I get to kind of re-experience that. Whereas I can't go down the street and, and talk to my mom anymore. So yeah. when people do that, I think it's such a, yeah. such a big thing. It's like, it's like, you know, Severus could have done that for Harry. Yeah. Uh, Lupin could have done that. I, I think Sirius maybe does is the next person who kind of, does share oh, a bit more yeah. here and there and Lupin will later on in this in this book as well I think at least he does in the movie from mm-hmm. what I remember like we'll talk a little bit about his parents you know and so when they do that it is as, as hard as it may be it's also a gift in that and this this is my perspective my opinion uh from my own experience but yeah it's nice it, it feels good to kind of hear people talk fondly about you know someone who you you, you can't um you know that you can't visit or you can't talk to anymore yeah so, absolutely yeah and in this I think it fits really well if we read the owl post right now because Rika sent us Rika yeah. <laughs> sent us something uh, her thoughts on Harry and the Dementors oh, yeah. and his yeah, yeah. trauma. Mm-hmm. So I want to read that to you guys because I thought it was very interesting. So Rika says, Hallöchen. Uh, I just listened to the Hangout episode about Dementors and just a quick thought uh, before I fall asleep and forget. Near the end, you compare traumas of Harry and other kids like Neville, Luna, and Ginny. And obviously she says, you know, air quote compare because you can't really compare those things. Uh, but what I was thinking for Harry it's not just the trauma of his parents dying but also him being attacked and meant to die and he was just lucky to live well luck and then you know the ancient magic that protection that his mom put on him but I think that's also a big part of the horrible thing he lived through he should have died in that moment and he didn't 
but that also has to leave a big mark inside of him. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, if you think about it, I, I kind of talked to her about the guilt that he might have guilt in his heart because mm-hmm. the, the memory that's not really an active memory, but it comes f- somewhere from his subconsciousness. The mm-hmm. memory of his mom's screams, the last memory he has of his mom yeah. is that she's protecting him. Mm-hmm. And because of almost like, d- does he go on a little guilt trip of because of him, mm-hmm. he was meant to die, but because of him, his parents, you know, yeah, had to be, yeah. But it's hard to think about like, and Harry would definitely be the kind of character who, who would, go down that road yeah and and blame himself even though obviously it's not at all his fault and yeah it's just something people do naturally it's it's not anything it's like survivor's guilt i mean it's just that yeah they survived and and the other people did not or you know the um yeah like like why didn't it that same tragedy happen to me right uh and especially when it involves your loved ones yeah then you really feel a distinction between yes you live on and they didn't and, and so and she um so i talked to rika about it a little bit and she said she was also more referring to the fact that the dementors affect him that much too because he got hit with the killing curse by a super evil wizard and not only only saw his parents die like mm-hmm. luna for example mm-hmm. and then on top of that that was for most of his life was suppressed for so many years whereas yeah luna for example, probably worked through it with her dad, you know, and... Oh, true. He never... Good point. Yeah, yeah. Harry never worked through that with anyone. Yeah, no, it no, It was no. just His aunt told and uncle, to him and... Yeah, they, don't, they actually even lie to him about what happened. And then so he's shocked by uh, Hagrid coming and revealing it. And then he's thrust into a mm-hmm. magical world. And so, yeah, it is all just things he's dealing yeah he has to deal with right now in this moment and there's no one to really help him uh, again also neville had his grandmother or probably Mm -hmm. other family members who could help him through that awful time so i yes she's right i mean it is a little different for harry um yeah 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 for sure yeah so yeah but lupin it's super sweet that again he reaches out to harry and tries to tries to be there for him without directly telling him what's up really what that he's actually much closer than harry thinks um Mm -hmm. with his parents but he helps him he regardless he truly lifts up his mood because he tells him that the the dementors couldn't resist the quidditch match because they were getting hungry and they needed that you know food or feed on on human happiness and that made me wonder a little bit like crazy what did dumbledore even the ministry think the dementors that were guarding Hogwarts that year that w- they would eat that year. Let me tell you, uh, I, I, or I, feed on. I'll tell you exactly whatever. what went down. All right, <laughs> the ministry is just like, hey, we're pushing this on you, and Dumbledore was like, no, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> and then Fudge is like, yes, we're doing it, and because I know the target is there at yeah. Hogwarts, so we're doing it. Um, and we're gonna make it difficult for Black to get in and out of there. Dumbledore is handcuffed essentially publicly, or like uh, he he can't actually just go out there and say no. And so yeah, he, because they he, technically stay away from the ground. Right, they're so, around the grounds of yeah. So you can yeah. tell there was some sort of like uh, back and forth between them, and Dumbledore's mad about mm-hmm. it. Now here's here's why Dumbledore's not too worried about what they're going to feed on because he is he is a powerful wizard, and he will uh-huh. just. <laughs> you know, I, it's crazy he didn't see this coming sooner and didn't intervene. But it's like it's almost like it's like there's this sacredness to Quidditch where it's like, uh, 
okay, Dementors are coming on the field. <laughs> should we or should we not stop the match? Like, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> let the players do it. This is how it's supposed to. It's almost like the sacredness of it. You could not, you know, break any you of the. You can't cancel Quidditch. You, you, yeah. And so, I, I, it's like, does Dumbledore just sort of, I mean, clearly he sees him out. He's, they're heading this way, Dumbledore. I mean, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure everybody like turns to him and like, "What? What should we do?" Right? And he's yeah. looking down at Madame Hooch. He's like, "This is Quidditch. <laughs> what are you talking about?" Like, well, look like at me. It's Hooch. Is she either call this or the the captains have got to decide this? No, right? Got to play in the elements. Crazy. You got to rise to the occasion. I mean, that's nuts. But I do think any other time they would not have. They could not have come into Hogwarts, and he's not allowing that. Yeah. He's he's got his Patronus out there. Yeah, but again, there's no plan for what they were gonna feed on. Because you know, no, normally, Fudge didn't have a plan no. for that. It ain't Dumbledore's. He, it's job. one of those things that he Fudge just did something to do something without really think, thinking it through. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm doing something about it. Okay, yeah. just uh, doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I'm doing something. Yeah, because what people hate is when their government does nothing. So right, <laughs> we all need to hold on a second. Like maybe we need to act. You know, action for action's sake, or just to be doing is not always the great. It's like we want good actions. So yeah. thought, thoughtful action to be happening. But yeah, great, great question, though. What was the plan? Yeah, <laughs> I know. There was no plan. At least Lupin can really comfort Harry and t- tell him, it is not your fault. You're not weaker than the others. You have lived through some serious, hurtful, traumatic events that others haven't. And it's not your fault whatsoever. That makes, first of all, Harry feel better. And then on top of that, he promises him... He will teach him how to defend himself against the Dementors yeah. in the future. Yeah. But, but he also says, can't teach you right now. Too busy. Let's wait for next term. Now, why? You would think, why would Lupin, you know, what, what, what keeps him so busy that he said he can't start teaching him right away? He's a first year teacher, guys. Yep. Yep. He His lessons has plan. to plan lessons every single day. He's never been a teacher before. He wants. I mean, look at Lottie, his lessons. Lottie will tell you guys it. right now. She's in it. There's a lot of work behind planning out cool, fun lessons like that. And let me tell you, they <laughs> don't always end up being cool and fun as no. much as you plan them to be. You cool think it's gonna be, but <laughs> he's he has a cool personality, and that's why kids love him. I think your first lesson, or maybe it was like your second or third, you you. Um, playing this cool thing kids are doing it and like you introduce it and somebody was just like yeah this sucks yeah <laughs> you're like what that happens. uh uh what are you talking or about or they just come in with but a like, mindset i hate dad i hate defense against the earth or yeah, i hate, but I hate most of the kids defense. love it right but then what do we think about what what, right. what, what do we take home at night like that, that one, one kid, kid yeah <laughs> hated that lesson and was just out and you're like crap you just lay awake at night thinking about that yep yeah <laughs> They don't. If thank goodness, don't ever let them know how their words carry. You know, or yeah. how how oof, that's just like yeah. We definitely because I, I was doing it one time. I was teaching and I took over for my co-teacher the first time. <laughs> and I'm teaching and I'm not yeah. as animated or whatever, right? <laughs> and this kid was just like, "This is boring." Oh, and gosh. I like look over and unfortunately I was not the co-teacher I was working with was sort of like chuckling, ha 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 ha. You know, just sort of like, yeah, I'm not that. I I don't. Um, my superpower as a teacher is you guys will be to sleep in the next five minutes. <laughs> all right. I can drone. Which kids also love. They are always tired. So if you can put them to yeah, sleep. Yeah, put them to sleep. Awesome. Yeah. So like, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what basically Professor Binns does. And you know why kids think it's cool? 
they can do whatever they want in that class absolutely and have a little chat <laughs> and he doesn't care and they can put their head down and sleep or chat with their neighbor or do all their homework so, sorry but some kids love to have one of those classes at least yeah you know, you know not that is, this is the standard but no 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 i, I only <laughs> once so once in a great while like maybe once a year i will do a little lecture you know i'm going to talk about like simple <laughs> sentences compound yeah. complex compound complex sentences like sentence structure independent dependent clauses and i just start kind of droning <laughs> to these freshmen just so they get a little taste of what it's uh, gonna be like and i see the yawn and they just start yawning i'm like wow still got it still got it just like i mean mm. you have a very soothing voice i have to agree to that yeah one day i'm thinking about doing a sleep podcast yeah, and you guys you can just should right i'll just read I something would to you guys love and, that okay yeah we'll work on it but anyway uh yeah so but then i can typically i switch into a comical voice and i bring them right <laughs> out of it as well too so i see if i can do that and it does work like what di- they feel like there's a different yeah. person in oh, the room. absolutely and actually there probably is i don't know i've struggled with like am i Uh-oh. Do I have a problem um anyway what were we talking about Oh, that just that Harry feels much better after talking to Lupin. And, yeah, and, don't we all? You know, like he's something now to look forward to. The, the mentors are not really coming to Hogwarts anymore. And I just want to point out yeah. that Hufflepuff got flattened by Ravenclaw. Yeah. Booyah. I would like to point out that that <laughs> is what happens in the books. That is not what happens in this house. Well. Wow, okay. Well, well, well. We, sh- we shall yeah, see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's good for Gryffindor. Oliver Woods, burning spirit, you know, is back. Quidditch little heart is just throbbing. On fire because again, he is... because they're back in the run for the cup. Oh, yeah. And now they have to, they just have to win every single game now. But Harry's happy. Harry is, like I said, on a high. And also, we're getting to the best time of the year. Yes. It's December, and I just want to read this description to you because it's it's summer right here where we are, the time we are in right now. Maybe not when you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this right around yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. And that's for you guys. So it says, two weeks before the end of the term, the sky lightened suddenly to a dazzling opaline white, and the muddy grounds were revealed one morning covered in glittering frost. Inside the castle, there was a buzz of Christmas in the air. Professor Flitwick, the charms teacher, had already decorated his classroom with shimmering lights that turned out to be real fluttering fairies. The students were all happily discussing their plans for the holidays. And... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ron and Hermione prove to be very, very, very good friends again. And Harry knows, even though they don't say it, but Harry, uh, Ron and Hermione um, told their teachers they're going to stay at Hogwarts and told their parents they're not going to come home for Christmas, which also uh, I'm yeah, look a at me. surprised. Hold on. Yeah. Because we're, quote, I'm doing air quotes here, staying with Harry. Bull crap. Those two are, what? their little, their <laughs> oh, they little romance is other. already starting to blossom I mean, here. They, they went on a couple of dates alone without hearing to Hogsmeade. Yeah, you just had two magical experiences where you guys were alone in candy shops, walking around, probably bumped hands, etc. And that is, they, Harry, don't worry, we're going to stay with you. 
and and we're gonna be here. It's it's just like they they come up with different reasons, right? But no, there there there's dual reasons for them to be staying here. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> From a parent point of view, though, I'm, I mean I'm not a parent yet, but I'm surprised that Hermione's parents. I mean, you know, sounds bad, but Arthur and Molly have a lot of kids, so yeah, most of them are coming home. But I'm surprised that Hermione's parents are okay with that that they don't see their daughter around christmas yeah i wonder they if they only have one kid i wonder if they would ever be allowed to come to hogsmeade and just i know i was wondering that too or come she, to the school and yes. even visit you know yeah i want to imagine like they, they they would there's a misconception out there that people say well the muggles can't see hogwarts or whatever it's like i think they, they can if they can they see it as it that yeah. well and the, uh, any normal muggle who sees it sees it as like a ruined kind of castle and it seems dangerous yes, they, yes. they want to stay and away you right? want to walk away yeah yeah so but that can be lifted or they can be allowed so to too. see it and then brought for in. sure but yeah yeah yep um the only thing like a little that dampens harry's mood a little bit is that another the last weekend of term is coming up and everyone's so excited because another hogsmeade trip is coming up on that weekend right but don't worry but don't worry Brad and george are gonna save the day yeah. for harry <laughs> and i like to think that they actually did give him the marauders map because ron told them that harry can't go to hogsmeade and you know how sad he is all the time and they see him in the common room everyone's just excitedly talking about hogsmeade and harry's just like yeah, you know, the thing about Fred and George, I know you just, because like later Ron will say, can't believe they didn't give it to me. True. Can't believe they didn't give it. But, so that's where I think Fred and George are also close with um, with Harry. Yes. Fred and George see him first on, on the Hogwarts Express. They even though, do. Yeah, they go in there like, you're not going to believe it. I think they, they think Harry's cool. Yeah, for sure. And he's their Quidditch mates. Like they play they Quidditch to get, you know. Oh my goodness, yes. Pe- people they sometimes. They spend a lot of time together. They, yeah, they they. In their in our minds, we don't see them a lot in the in the films together, but like they're close with Harry. Yeah, yeah. And Harry will even gift them money later on, and then invest in them and and stuff. So true. It's like yeah, even though they're just not in the same grade as as him, so that's why he becomes besties with Ron, which is fine. And they're a little bit older, and they already have their friend group; they're already established. So yeah, he gets in here with Ron and Hermione. Exactly. But yeah. I feel like if if he was just a in year older, year, yeah. yeah, they would be besties. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And they already think highly of him, and Percy thinks highly of, of Harry and yes. stuff. Harry's a good kid. So It sometimes actually blows my mind that the twins have a connection to Harry's dad through that map. Absolutely. And, and you know, even their Professor Lupin or <laughs> Sirius, who they think is a mass murderer right now. But And their rat scabbers. Yeah. Holy. The Weasley family is very connected to the yeah. Marauders. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Oh my gosh. Remember when Percy had scabbers before yeah. Ron? Like, <laughs> at, at what point did they they get the Marauders map? Does scabbers like look at that and be like, oh? I mean, does he ever? I like, don't think they that? ever showed it to Percy. I don't. No, th- I mean, no, Ron didn't true. know it existed, so That's I don't. Th- I think they secret. kept it a secret. But as a rat, did he ever sneak around and get through their stuff and see that they had it? You know. <laughs> I don't think so. Be crazy. Because because if so, I think Peter would have uh ditched his rat form and went and hid that somewhere and then came back you know he would have yeah. it's a powerful powerful magical item even though i do believe that peter until all this stuff goes down in this book with sirius did not have any intention whatsoever to he was just going to live his life out as a rat and never return to human form Dang. and just hide from everything i think that Dang. was his plan i don't think it was i think only that because of sirius is 
that's why he came back. That I mean, was his opportunity. I don't think so he had crazy. any plans. So crazy. Sometimes I look at I look at cats and I'm just thinking like, what a good life. Yeah. <laughs> They're just, they I get, know. You know? Especially I, if you have still a human mind. Yeah. They're just rolling around in the backyard, checking things out. Like they get food, they get water. Yeah. They're good. Everyone loves you. Everyone wants to pet you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know how it is not for a rat. Same, yeah, I was gonna say not. Ron same likes him. As a rat, they seem to care for him. So and he seems to live a good life. I mean, he just eats. Molly Weasley's cooking. I Probably. Mean. I mean, yeah. Is it's so crazy that we never? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet. But it's so crazy how close he is with the Weasels, and he lived with them for so long in their house. Pure pedigree. He yeah. Did they all... ever think about that? No, like... I know. Right after they learned about this, I think Ron did. For I mean, that's kind of traumatic. That's traumatic, yeah. <laughs> you slept. Did, you, you slept with Peter Pettigrew. Like he was in your in your around your bed, like in this in your bedroom all those yeah. years. Like that's just a little strange. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. The things that kind of dawn on us in the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they give that miraculous map to Harry because they're so kind, and they yeah. know they they say we don't need it anymore, which is interesting because even if you know all the secret passageways and know your way around in Hogwarts, they've mm-hmm. still the benefit of seeing where everybody else is right now yeah for sure but they still say we're so good we don't need it <laughs> yeah uh which is cool and i want to point out uh a little difference uh from movie map to book map yes what if fred and george copied one they have they made their own copy they made their own copy <gasps> like or they made their oh they figured out the secrets of that map and they make their own with they- slight variations Oh and my goodness. Wouldn't that be nuts if they had their own map? Because actually in <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy, we see a map that has traces of ancient magic yes. running through it. And it's show it's a map of Hogwarts and it actually shows our character the to like basically to go where was it? Um the restriction the restricted <laughs> the restricted section yes. of the library and down into this antechamber. Yeah. Right? Way in the secret area that most people can't. By the way, the library looked go. so amazing. So good. So cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's I just, crazy to think about. Why not? And I, why I couldn't think somebody else make a map smart. like that? Yeah. If you, if you, they figured out how to work it and I think they would probably, I, I don't know. I mean, nowadays when you think about it, like if you open up, um, I used to have way back in the day, don't have it anymore. There's a, there's an app that does this. It's Snapchat. You can okay. actually look on a map. And you can see where everyone, all of your friends are. Wow, that's kind of scary. In real time. I know, that's a little scary, right? <laughs> that's like the modern I mean, that's it's the also modern scary day. that they have this map. And it is. And see everybody, what they're doing. And we don't want to go like, into I'm, detail, but like it's a school full of teenagers. Yeah, I, I, well, I was going to say, a lot of my students have this. And they will flip on like, oh, so-and-so's, you know, over at Starbucks. Yeah. They just know. They know uh-huh. where the other person is and everyone's sort of like location is being tracked so total marauders yes map and hermione is right like this is a dangerous. very very dangerous weapon if yep. it gets into the wrong hands exactly so exactly. we're gonna talk, talk about this in a little bit but yeah what i want to point out though is that it shows so on the book map it shows the little dots so it's first described there's little dots with the names on it right but when harry uses it later to get to the secret passageway with the one-eyed witch he sees his little tiny figure on there and a speech bubble pop up uh that appears to show him that he needs to do what he needs to do like a spell mm-hmm. uh, to get in what it is yeah descendo descent descendo or something, yeah, like, something that. like that yeah. yes so it the map has more powers than we think yeah. and 
I think if you get closer, I feel like you could almost like zoom in a little bit. If get you a magnifying to. glass and and then because he said he can see the cat pacing around and I feel like you would get a little mini figure there. Well, this figure does pull out a wand. His yes, ink that's why I'm, pulls that's... out a wand and he can see what looked like a wand. Yeah. And so I, you guys say, I don't need to say anything else. I don't yeah. think like yeah. that map's a little scary. It is a little scary. In the movie, it's it's just the footsteps. It's just their feet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the name on it. But yeah, I absolutely adore the movie design. But I just want to point out that it's a little bit different and even seems to be more powerful even in the books. I wonder too if uh, Fred and George or other people could take notes and like on the map they maybe Oh, okay, they figured out something and then they kind of teach the map. Uh, to, they teach to the map like it. this yeah. is yeah, don't forget this point here. Yes. Um cuz not like the map just you know is all known. I mean, what would, does it know? Does it know the password that's ever I was going like, to say would it would it give you hints how to get into the other common rooms? Yeah, other common rooms or Dumbledore's office, you know, Lemon Drop is like the, the the password to get in there at one point. So that changes. That would be crazy. I feel like you things that change like that. I don't mm. know if the map would it would need to be informed. Otherwise, it would have. Okay, so you say the owner of the map has to learn it first and then teach the map. And then teach the map, or I like that. yeah, because otherwise the map is super yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's like it's all sort of like all knowing thing <laughs> yeah. that just. Yeah. No, I like your version of it. Mm-hmm. So okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> One. <laughs> Uh, one little mention that probably is not connected. We're going to say that because it seems to be in a different location, but it just made me wonder. Um, they tell Harry, when they show him how to use a map, they tell Harry all these different passageways that lead out of Hogwarts or lead to Hogsmeade that he could use, but they recommend one particular one to him because he, they give him all these different reasons why not to use the other ones. And one passageway, they say, has been caved in since last year. Right. And I was like, last year, that was Harry's second year, a.k.a. Chamber of Secrets. And we see that where Ron and Lockhart are, this tunnel gets is caved in because of the commotion there. Yeah. And actually, just because that was... <laughs> Even uh, though it seems like that's down, deep down underneath the school. Yeah. So but. where they... That tunnel, or I'm sorry, the, the one that was that was collapsed that we see here in this chapter. Yeah. Was it, it was either the third or the fourth floor. I think it was yes. the fourth floor or fourth or something. Thir- no, it's, I think it was third because I was like, oh, this is where Fluffy is. No, no, no. Oh, really? No, I think it was above that because oh, I was sort was, of shocked okay. that there was a fourth floor. Okay. And it's right in the chapter. We can, we can check. Yeah. But I, I want to point out that the um, Moaning Myrtle's bathroom was situated on the second floor yes. of Hogwarts Castle just above the Great Hall. So, yeah, it had been out of order ever since the student named Myrtle Warren uh, was, was killed there right. by the Basilisk. So... It, we thought for a hot second that wait a second when they go down into the tunnel into the into the uh, chamber of secrets that maybe wherever that that yeah that secret passageway had been blocked off because of the explosion from Lockhart and that would have been not around Christmas time that would have been a little before but it still right. makes sense that the basilisk might have been moving around. They just said though they have not been using it since christmas so maybe they just haven't used it for a while and then they around 
the end of term, they wanted to go back there, and then it was caved in. They didn't know. Ex- they just said they haven't been using it. Right. So, so they don't know. Yeah, it's not like you're going every day to check <laughs> your secret passages and figure out whether the like the last time they used it might have been Christmas for some reason or whatever. Yeah. And maybe they don't go all the way down. They don't go all the way down to wherever the Chamber of Secrets is. Yeah. Uh, or maybe there's a, the path goes right on past the Chamber of Secrets and out to another yes. place. Because yeah. here, okay, here it just uh, on the wiki it says a passage behind a mirror. On the fourth floor, you were right, which was caved in as of 1992, so we don't know exactly when. It led to Hogsmeade, but exactly where was unknown. Sirius Black mentioned that it was a large, large enough for an organization to hold a meeting inside. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting, but yeah. Yeah, but like, why did it collapse? Like, what yeah. caught? I'm just thinking the basilisk moving around. I know. It, it seems stir- like maybe yeah. that's connected. It's it is somehow connected. Like it, there is a stirring of this monster. It's just fun to think about it. The what caused what it happened, to collapse? Yeah, last year. Were they experimenting with some of their boxes, and then all of a sudden they caused an I explosion? I feel like they, they would have told Harry that. Yeah, they, they're not right. Like, like, could could have been. Also, we we have to remember too. There are other students who probably found these passages who are older than Fred and George. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe right. It's possible. And or maybe haven't found all of them, but knew about that one. Yeah. And they use it from time to time. Yes. Right. So uh, there's that. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, it was cool. Just wanted to think about. Coconut. Okay. But when Harry enters his secret passageway that they recommended to him, the one um, behind the one-eyed witch. Yeah. It takes Harry an hour to walk through the secret passageway to Honeydukes. And it makes sense because, I mean, the village a is a little bit away. It's not on the Hogwarts grounds. So and isn't he stooped? Is he not able to stand upright? Does he have to... It's pretty narrow. Oh, it's narrow. So maybe you maybe just can't walk comfortably. No, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like it. Very, very earthy underneath the right. school somewhere and leads to Hogsmeade, yep. Hmm. And, um, yeah, when he gets to Honeydukes, I mean, he is so, so excited to surprise Ron and Hermione. Plus, he is in a candy shop that every little child probably dreams of. You know, I don't even want to eat all the candy, but sometimes when I just go in, I mean, I do like a little snack here and there. And so like picking the right one is really important Yeah. Uh, for the day in which you enter a shop like that. We have a, a local candy shop here, too. And whenever we go into it, there's Harry Potter candy and, and stuff there. And I'm always just sort of like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. It kind of and it's tons of like sodas and fizzing drinks and different yes. like chocolates and different types of sweets. And it's it's so cool. I, I really just enjoy um I enjoy the idea the idea of that. You want so. to read a little description of Honeydukes? Yeah. They, uh, here we go. There were shelves upon shelves of the most succulent-looking sweets imaginable. Creamy chunks of nougat, shimmering pink squares of coconut ice, fat, honey-colored toffees, hundreds of different kinds of chocolate in neat rows. Yes. There was a large barrel of every flavor beans and another of fizzing Whizbees. Let's Right. The levitating sherbet balls that Ron had mentioned along uh, yet another wall were special effects sweets. Drupal's best blowing gum, which <laughs> filled a room with bluebell colored bubbles that refused to pop for days. Oh, gosh. That's... I... Students probably tried that in their common rooms. That's probably annoying, you yeah. Know? But uh, the strange, uh, splintery, tooth-flossing string mints... I need those. Yeah, we all need to floss more, by the way, friends. That's where your cavities develop, just so you know. 
Uh, tiny black pepper imps. Breath of fire for your friends. Was the thing on there? Yeah. Uh, ice ice mice. Whoa, ice mice. Hear your teeth chatter and squeak. Peppermint creams shaped like toads. Oh. Hop realistically yeah. in the stomach. Oh. Uh, <laughs> fragile sugar spun quills and exploding bonbons. Man, such a good. I love it. Yeah, even I if you don't want to eat all of those things, yeah. like I think as a kid, I remember having um, like those fizzling kind of like pop rocks that you put in your mouth, and like that's yes. that's cool to experience that for a hot second. But that's not a candy I'd be like defaulting to all the time. Yeah, uh, it's like a one once in a great while. Try it, taste it. Even like the every flavor Birdie Bot's beans or whatever. That'd be just fun, just a fun yeah. thing to do with your friends, definitely. But what if somebody was just like a regular eat? Like they had like a little. Because, you know, like, if I want to get a sweet and I get it, like, once a week or I get it, like, here and there, it's a Reese's cup. Yeah. To be honest Something really guys. yummy, yep. If you guys want to send me a Reese's cup, like, Bill, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. But seriously, um, Reese's cup, Christmas list. Anyway. Reese's. Reese's. <laughs> if, you, if you were addicted, though, and your, your fix was that bean, that flavored, every oh, flavored bean. Oh, I think you bean. would figure out by... What the, what I don't know the? which ones are which. I think you could tell. Would you? But then you got to sort them, and you'd have to like. Wait, wait, wait a second. Do you think yeah. they are all the same color? No, no, no. They describe it. They're not. Okay, never mind. Because I think that would make it harder. Well, no, they I think they're all they, the same color. If they're all the same, no, no. They're yeah. They're they're all different. Yeah, because yeah. once they see them, like Seamus or somebody else, be like, oh, whoa, whoa, that's that's this one, and they start to explain which one it is. Yeah. I think because they kind of know them by sight a little bit. But, true. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, but ugh. I get I can with with um fizzing wispies or thinking about you know like some sour candy that gives you that that fizzing fizzy fi- feeling on your tongue. Yeah. I always think about and that's for my German friends, cactus ice. Whoa, cactus ice? Yes. What the heck? <laughs> Remember, didn't we? No. See that? Uh Did we? It's like I don't know. it's like green, red, yellow color like a popsicle thing. We might have. And the green top, it's just like yeah. Fizzy? Fizzy a little mm. bit, yeah. It's cool. We should try Every one. kid like kids love it in Germany. So. I want to try one. We should next time we come, even though it's Christmas when we go over, but we should get some cactus ice. Yeah, down. Anyway, so uh, they're in this paradise for kids, <laughs> and Harry sneaks up on his friends, and I can just feel the excitement that Harry must feel right now before you surprise someone who never thought you would be in the place where they are right now. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, they never expected Harry to be there. <laughs> Just like you never expected, like, your mom and brother oh, to my show goodness. up like, when there you were an is... exchange student. That was crazy. My mom and my brother both surprised me when I came uh, as an exchange student to the United States. I spent a whole year here. They never told me they were going to visit for Easter. And they just surprised me, and I could not believe it. Because and I finally got to see the thanks, video. <laughs> thanks to your brother, I finally got to see the video of that. It was that, wild. And it was classic. It, it was, was so wild. I cried. I laughed. I you were screamed. So <laughs> cute. And I was like, wow. Um. So they're excited. Ron can't believe it. Hermione's like, oh my gosh, Harry, how did you do that? And then he tells them about the map, and obviously Hermione's like, you got to turn it in. <laughs> yeah. And she has a good point because she they don't know that Sirius is one of the creators of the map uh-huh. so from her perspective it's very reasonable to say look we have a mass murderer on the run mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he already broke into the castle once and if a powerful object like this map would fall into his hands it would be an extremely valuable resource for him to find you Harry undetected mm-hmm. and he could just kill you yeah 
Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, she has a point, but yeah. <laughs> but they're kids. <laughs> Ron is like, eh, you know, I mean, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Come, come on, on. Harry you know? needs to have some fun, and he's right about that too. Yeah, right. And then and then I think Harry's like point blank. You gonna turn me in? Yeah, like, I know. No, but. You should turn yeah. it in yourself. So, and I think that's good they for Often pull that card on her. They're like, "We're friend- Are you gonna like tell on us?" Which or? is not fair. She has really good points, and yes. she's probably right. Although it it does end up being the thing that will uh, kind of bring about. Mm. It's weird because the map ends up being given to Harry. He sees Peter through it, and therefore Peter goes and brings back Voldemort. It's kind of nuts. Crazy. Would it have ever happened? Is it actually Fred and George's fault? Actually, is it Sirius's fault for leaving Azkaban? It's all Sirius's fault. It's actually Peter's fault. I mean, Sirius in the first place. Let's be honest. It's actually Voldemort's fault for doing all of (laughs) this. Voldemort has nothing to do with this, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Voldemort's not to blame, okay? He was just created by a love potion, and so therefore, he's excused. (laughs) Christmas. He's an innocent little... Tom Riddle. He's just trying to make his way through life. Anyway. And stay alive. What? We, we joke a lot on this podcast, just so you guys know. Okay. Yeah. I'm kidding. Anyway, it's a kid so, series. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Ron, I just like want to just say real quick. Ron is very happy to see his best friend, his best buddy, and he wants to show him the village. And Absolutely. it makes me think of remember when we already went to Scotland and we knew it was going to be so exciting and we could not wait to show you dad. Yeah. And when we, especially before, you know, we went to the Highlands, that was a, an experience for us together which was for us a first time too. But then when we came back to Edinburgh and we just wanted to show your dad the city mm-hmm. or even Berlin, my hometown, my yeah. hometown city. Yeah. It, you're just excited to show, you know, someone close to you, what you, your memories there and what you've experienced. I can just see Ron like, and this is, you know, like being a little tour guide and being cool. And over place. here we have yes. this and over there is this. <laughs> well, I mean, it, but in, in some ways too, you know, maybe 90% of it lands and, and Harry's like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And like, you know, but I do, I will say with my dad, we took him to Edinburgh. Uh, we took him to Scotland uh, and, and right out the gate, we get some um, millionaire shortbread. Yeah. And he didn't, li- I was like, you're going to love this. <laughs> Try he's, it. He's a sweet tooth. He's, he's got a sweet, sweet tooth. tooth. I was yeah. like, you are going to, he's like, oh, it's too much. It's too yeah. sweet. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? You don't like this? And he's like, ah, I'm good. I was like, I was blown away. <laughs> My dad is such a picky eater. And I was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. He would also not touch the haggis or, or Scottish breakfast. Scottish breakfast. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you came all the way here and you've talked about it. And you <laughs> talked about possibly trying it. And then we get there and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to try it. I'm good. Like, what? Dad. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It was Eat just, anyway, fun. Uh, one more thing about Hogsmeade. So they go out. Also, Ron is like, they're not going to find us or Harry in this snowstorm. There's a blizzard outside. Mm-hmm. And she describes it as Hogsmeade looked like a Christmas card. Yeah. The little thatched cottages and shops were all covered in layer of crisp snow. In a layer of crisp snow. There were holly wreaths on the doors and strings of enchanted candles hanging in the trees. And I think there is a reason why they made... Hogsmeade. They they built the real Hogsmeade in the Wizarding World in Orlando. Yeah. And they made the the roofs actually be covered in snow because it's yeah. so beautiful and so iconic Hogsmeade. Even though obviously it's not covered in snow all the time, but it's just this iconic scene. The first time we get to see Hogsmeade, and it just looks like a Christmas card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always I love there is a um amb- the the amb- ambience video on YouTube. 
Hogsmeade in the Snow and winter Christmas music, um, Harry Potter music. There's even some that are not specifically Hogsmeade, but look exactly like it. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah, no, it is great. It's like, yeah, the first time he sees it and to capture that, it's a great decision to make it definitely um, feel like Christmas. I'll tell you right now, though, when you walk in there in mid-July, it don't expect it to be <laughs> oh yeah cold or anything Christmas. it's still blazing hot and we're all sweating well if you go over to Diagon Alley slash nocturne Al- nocturne alley yeah you can get some cool the air there, there the, it's nice and but cool. back at hogsmeade there are some big fans and you can True. stand in front of them and it will feel True. nice and cool and you can get frozen butter beer you can also go there during <laughs> christmas time and it probably does feel a little bit better which we should try one time we should go there for christmas what if it snowed the one time we went there oh my gosh it'd be awesome that's on the pocket dish yeah okay uh, they go. The Harry does not did not bring a coat. I don't think he went up to his common room to grab a coat. He was just so excited. Heck he no. went there right away. I didn't think about it. And they go to their three broomsticks to get a hot drink. And Harry gets to try butterbeer for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can't believe they let thirteen year olds in a bar because yeah, they, why not? There's some shady people. They're not shady, but you know, yeah, people that are up to no good in the bar. But Harry says, or it's described as it was the most delicious thing he'd ever tasted and seemed to heat every bit of his of him from the inside yeah and it was pretty good it's funny because they never put out an official recipe people just came up with the recipe themselves and yeah i don't know if if wizarding world actually published a an official recipe they probably gave it to the um restaurants and and places in the wizarding world in orlando and yeah, kind of maybe. told them, okay, this is how you need to make it. But the book never published a recipe. So people kind of make it with um, butterscotch flavor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, prob- it's it's non-alcoholic. So the kids are not getting an alcoholic beverage here. But right. it's just called butterbeer. And it sounds delicious. And the different versions we had at the Wizarding World were all pretty good. I don't know. Did yeah, we frozen, settle on... There was a hot. Um, and... Did we ever try the hot? Or did we just have the frozen and the uh, the cold? Maybe it was just frozen in the cold. Because it yeah, was so warm. Sure. I don't think we had... I want to go there and have hot butter beer. Yeah. That would be so fun to try that. Yeah. But then someone who Harry never in a million years thought he would meet in a pub near his school walked mm-hmm. in. The minister. Yeah. <laughs> Cornelius Fudge and Professor McGonagall, both of which have turned Harry down when he asked him for permission to come to Hogsmeade. And here he is. At Hogsmeade without permission. Got and those you guys. two walk in. Yeah, that kind of sucks, right? What are the chances? They flat out know he can't get there. He can't even, like, anybody else would be like, well, I, I, I signed it, I turned it in, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But no, they're like, uh, actually, we're in charge of collecting that slip and you did not. Yeah. And Harry immediately ducks under the table, hides. I think Hermione conjures up or, or um, makes the, one of the Christmas trees move into their direction so they cover up their table. Yeah. And of course, the only free table is right next to them. <laughs> so all the adults come and sit down. Uh, Madame Rosmerda is joining them, the pub owner. And yes. Small little thing, but yeah. like Hermione makes that tree move so that way they're kind of covered, right? And then... <laughs> yeah. They're good. If you're a teacher and you see that, to you it's it, normal because <laughs> kids don't want to be seen by their professors. Yeah, true. And professors don't want to be seen by the kids. So like, yeah, good. Thank God she yeah. covered it. You know, thank God she moved the tree because I was going to. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of like we were going to move the tree, but thank you. Yeah. Just saying. There's so many kids who like. <laughs> true. It'd be so strange seeing my teacher out and about. It's like, I get yeah, it. it equally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We actually, not that it's strange. We just but, have stuff to do. So. Yes. And we're also just human, and um, they're all getting drinks, by the way. 
Yep. And I wanted to play this with you. Uh, I'm going to read the drinks to you, not in the right order, and you're going to tell me who gets gets which drink. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to read them to you and then tell me. So okay. we have uh, a cherry syrup and soda with ice and umbrella, a red currant rum, four pints of mold mead, and a small gilly water. And the people who are there are Professor McGonagall, Flitwick, Hagrid, and the minister. <laughs> So, who gets so, what? So, I don't remember. Um, I would say the four pints of mead is Hagrid. Yes. <laughs> right? Uh, the cherry syrup situation is definitely going to be Flitwick. Yes. So, and I don't remember that at all. I'm just he's going like, she, she, Marissa Murda, you know, mentions the drinks or, or says drinks and he's like, hmm. Yeah. That's, and smacking his lips. Now, this is the tricky one. The, the red rum. I'm going with McGonagall. McGonagall? Am I wrong? No. Fudge? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, okay, I, I kind of makes. I was just thinking red, mm. Gryffindor. Oh, yeah. Okay. But she she's, gets the gilly water. I'm just thinking she's like, I, I could see her having some red rum just being like, I'm tired of it. <laughs> tired of these kids. I need a relaxer. I need to just, you know, shut her down. So she gets the gilly water and then, um, okay, Cornelius Fudge gets the I mean, red rum. Both McGonagall and Flitwick go with alcohol-free versions, right? I think syrup, cherry syrup and soda sounds to me like it's just a yeah sweet drink so mm-hmm. they're like oh we're teachers we're... Yeah, yeah even though we are away from school but they're we, they know that there's a ton of students around, they're still on so. duty because yeah the kids are out yeah. here at hogs hogs mean so hagrid doesn't care no. <laughs> also he's not as affected by the way he is not even though he he says four pints of the mead but he's not as effective by alcohol okay okay or just <laughs> By the way, quick plug for Weird Mead and Leathery uh, over in Portland, yes. Oregon. If you want some some good mead, our friend Travis is over there, and they ship. It's they ship amazing. It. It's uh, if you want a nerdy linker, themed, yeah, and they ship all throughout the United States, and I think even worldwide. I think he just opened. I'm not sure about yeah. international, but for sure, Great. like yeah. Great mead yeah i mean as a matter of fact if you wanted some and you're international like can we do that no we'd have to probably Ooh. figure out a way to do it. Yeah. i was gonna say we could ship it here and then ship it to you but um yeah go through him first i think he yeah. can. i think he i don't want to get in trouble with customs and they'd be like what is this guy doing running some underground mead right. shipping business <laughs> uh yeah it's great though yeah it's great all right, so, so yeah, this is where we get into kind of the story and right. all the things that break down and everything that Harry learns about his his mom and dad and relationship with um, Sirius Black, right? Yeah, Sirius Black. I just stole your note there. Is oh yeah, yeah, fine. is his godson? Yeah, Harry so, learns he didn't know that his father and Black were close. Right. He just knew that Sirius Black was looking for him. He was Voldemort's servant. Um, he didn't know they were best friends and. He is his godson. Now, think about that. Everyone think about your, your mom and dad for a second or guardian or grandmother or someone close to you, etc., who has raised you or a friend if you want, whatever. And that person has this, like, best friend who they grew up with. Mm-hmm. And that friend ended up being, like, a mass murderer and, like, turned on, on your, your friend or yeah. your parent or your loved one or whoever like what that would be his, so crazy to process his grandparents james's parents they almost raised Sirius too yeah he lived with them for a little bit right it's so crazy to think about and i mean obviously Sirius is not the murderer but harry thinks that for mm-hmm. and everyone at that table months. thinks that too yeah. like hagrid says he's gonna tear him limb from limb oh if he would have got a chance to hagrid Woo, also I talks wouldn't. about how he met Sirius and how he comforted how him. Crazy that was that he comforted this 
guy. He said something else, I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that he, Sirius said, "Let me take Harry. I'll take care of him. I'm his godfather." Yep. And he said, "Nope, I got me order orders <laughs> from I Dumbledore. Got, I got me orders, <laughs> Dumbledore himself." And it's like, whoa. So actually, too, Dumbledore is like breaking the law there. You know, oh, legally. Oh yeah, you talked about this because legally, he uh, Sirius could have said, "No, I'm his legal guardian. I right. say he got he comes with me." And then actually, I kind of wonder if Dumbledore didn't say, Sirius may say that, whatever he says. You know, he doesn't tell Hagrid yeah. what danger Sirius might be because he's not sure or whatever. But whatever you do, trust trust me, Hagrid, that mm-hmm. child is coming, you know, to Privet Drive. Because at the time, Dumbledore thinks that it probably very quickly, it's Sirius Black. Oh, yeah, he did th- right? think that. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah so he, had he strict, didn't know about Peter. Yeah. He had strict orders, but yeah. clearly he didn't tell Hagrid yeah. that it was Sirius Black. He himself just knew and he said, if Sirius, he didn't say, we don't know this, I'm just speculating. Mm-hmm. If if Sirius comes to take the child, yeah. in no way, shape or form, let that child go with Sirius Black or anyone, it yeah. comes here. I have a better protection. Yes. He gives him reasons why, etc. Also, had he have told Hagrid, clearly you see, had he have known, he would have fought him. And it's like, right. no, no, no. What's more important is you're taking that child, that child's mm-hmm. coming here. Yeah. Yes. That no is actually what, Hagrid, a good point. Hagrid could not have restrain himself yeah and, yeah and also Hagrid describes how how Sirius is super white in the face and he was thinking because you know his best friend died at that moment but yep. now Hagrid is coming to the conclusion it was because Voldemort just got defeated right he was crying because Lord Voldemort was defeated but he actually work. is that white because he's sickened he by no it was Peter yeah one second um can I finish my thought real quick yeah I'm just keeping my hand right <laughs> Uh, he knows it's Peter. He knows it is kind of also his fault because he told them to pick Peter over him. So that's why he's super, like, feels guilty about it. And he knows what he's about to do. And I think that is one of the reasons why he gives in to Hagrid and says, okay, mm-hmm. you take him because he knows what he's about to do. Because I doubt he would have taken Harry and then went to go get Peter. Yeah. And kill him in fr- with, you know. Yeah, for sure. In front of Harry. Yeah, for sure. Or knowing that he needs to take care of Harry. Right, right. Like Harry could have, like taking care of Harry could have actually prevented him from going after Peter. But then we don't know what would have happened to Peter and if he tried to find Voldemort sooner and all that stuff. So, Well, we also don't know if Dumbledore wouldn't have been like, like, you know, if Sirius acts in a way that is like, let me take care of Harry and Mm -hmm. he gets there first and before Hagrid does Mm -hmm. and he takes Harry away and has him at Grimmauld Place and is is trying to protect him and stuff like that. Then do they they do a more thorough investigation of Sirius and say, did you do this? Because I last I knew you were the secret keeper. Right. Yeah. And then so odd that he never said no, it was Peter. Well, see, I mean, no, like because he goes, he he realized Dumbledore's got this plan. Hagrid has him in Mm -hmm. his arms. I can't get him from Hagrid. Right. So therefore, my only destiny, like the only option left to him in his mind was go seek revenge. Right. Harry would have been his sort of saving grace, sort of like he could have. And then they would have investigated it further. Right. They would have said, he says, hey, it's Peter. Oh, well, let's go hunt down Peter. Now we have one man saying that he passed his secret over to Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Do we believe this man? Yeah, I'll take Veritas Serum. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'll, I'll take Truth <laughs> yeah. Serum. No problem. Like, I'll take it. Give it to me. And I, I can tell you the truth. It's... They could have determined the truth there, and they don't. And it's just so wild because Dumbledore thought this was a better protection because Dumbledore truly thought that Black had committed this crime. Yeah. And un- un- unless somebody... He's not, you know, all-knowing. And, the, and so it, my other thing is, why didn't Dumbledore come collect... 
Harry. Yeah. Why? Did he have to do anything else that night? What was he doing? Well, he was probably working on the spell and protection for Harry and Petunia and the blood thing. Could be. Yeah. But what else was he doing? I don't know. I love that theory we had back a few few weeks ago where he was hiding Voldemort's body. (laughs) 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 People were like, you know, Jamie, Dumbledore is crazy. Even so, like, they say Fudge clearly remembers Sirius Black's laugh when he sees the when peter actually okay let's let's go back for a little bit i want to talk about the first time now we hear about peter pettigrew and the people in this room rosmerda mcgonagall they talk about peter and their memories of you know the gang the marauders gang and how peter just kind of what do you say toggle along or what's yeah, the yeah tagged along tagged along yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's <was> toggling <laughs> he's toggling along and it makes my heart sad because I don't like the way they talk about Peter at all. Yeah. And it gives you the clues why this kid probably developed some issues and yep. bad self-talk and was unhappy with himself and felt the need to be someone bigger. Because in the shade, shadow, whatever you want to call it, of his yeah. friends, friend group, right? he wanted just to be, I don't know, I, again, not to defend, we're not defending his actions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But just looking for where did this begin? Where did... The, the root cause, why someone feels the need to be of use for someone else. Because he felt like McGonagall said, or was Murda, I think that f- something like the fat little boy who just tagged along with the cool kids, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and McGonagall said she was kind of harsh on him. He was not as talented. Now she feels bad about that. Right, right. I feel, yeah, I don't know. It's And I also think that Peter was their friend, but they also knew especially james and Sirius, knew that they were more talented than peter in a lot of fields and mm-hmm. they let him know yeah for sure i or, think they let him know yeah I, this is gonna sound so crazy and it's it's wild but overall my years of teaching and just being all i think a lot of us can maybe find examples like this we see it in movies it's it's illustrated it's, it's illustrated right here in peter um but we see it more explicitly in certain movies where a two cool kids or or uh the popular kid has other other uh, friends or people around him who are just there to laugh or to encourage or yeah, to yeah. glorify or whatever it might be, right. that person that is trying to be the alpha or top dog, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the group. And that is really what it seems like with Peter, right? It seems like he right. was just somebody there who was there to laugh at them and have a good time. You guys are awesome and well done. And yeah, you do wish that he had somebody else saying, hey, Peter, you're awesome. You right. Know? Like you can go out and do really cool things and and you almost wonder if like when he doesn't leave those guys if he starts to think like man i want to be either like them or like they never give me any credit for anything that, that i do and that's where i think people think the marauders would be very interesting uh to see yeah. right to maybe even see other people who want to be friends with peter right like there could be he's a part of this marauders group right and you could have another group of Gryffindors or Ravenclaws or especially Hufflepuffs who look up to that group and they're like, hey, Peter, you know, what are you and James and Sirius doing tonight, yeah, et cetera. And yeah. then Peter is kind of like using his position as a marauder to kind of yeah. say, yeah, whatever we are doing, you're not invited. Exclusive. And it's like, club. it's exclusive, dog. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. But but yeah. like those kids right now, 
in in such a weird way they are looking up to peter but peter's not looking at himself and seeing that he's he's an awesome cool powerful dude and instead he's looking to these other guys and there's a jealousy factor going on he's just not comfortable like you said he develops bad self-talk uh because of the group he's in or his circle something really interesting i know we sorry i just deviate sometimes from things and and share i just i sort of share things that come to me that i think are important because i want to reinforce this idea in my own mind yeah yeah it's like I heard somebody say somewhere one time that the people that you are, that are in your circle, they are a mirror for you. So like Mm -hmm. if you are looking at your friends in that circle around you and they're not saying positive things about you or they're not making you feel good, like it can just reflect some bad energy. Even if you think well of yourself and stuff, like sometimes those people that you have around you, you got to be really careful about what what kind of what they're reflecting back and what you're kind of taking in from their spirit or their aura or whatever, uh, because it can kind of percolate into who you are. Right. Right. Their beliefs, their beliefs of you can start to become your beliefs of yourself. Right. Yes. And that's where you got to be really careful. Is that like, hold on a second. I'm actually pretty awesome and I don't need. And that's what I want more people to hear and think of themselves. Start to look around at that group and say, how do people think of me? How do they how do they treat me? How do they whatever? And are they are they hyping me? Are they excited for me? Are they not? And if they're not, then I need to just be excited and hyped for myself. I why that's that's what I did. That's something that I had to learn. And I hope more people do that. And I do think it's a sad kind of story. But to think of Peter in that way is yeah, it's crazy. And that's why it's important to to lift our kid, you know, school kids up and and tell them it's okay not to be perfect at everything. But there is things that you can do better than everyone else. Yeah. You know, I already had a situation, it was a few years ago, uh, and and this is that way, you know, um, yeah, I'm not identifying anybody, but it's like I I have had in the past kids who say, who still have this stigma associated with uh, Dungeons and Dragons Club. Hmm. I'm the club supervisor, and these kids, they're good at that thing. They like the storytelling element. They they enjoy it, right? But then I, you you hear the snickering, or when they want to talk to me about it, yeah. can we talk on the side real quick about something and they don't say out loud what it is because they don't want the snickering they don't want Mm -hmm. the kind of like what do you play like what you you wouldn't think that's still going on but it does wow isn't that crazy it's sort of like sort of yeah yeah being inferior to cool clubs like you know football team or yeah cheerleading or right right and i'm like guys i once was a football coach i did play football i played all the sports (laughs) i mean it's like and i think that's why they enjoy me as their club leader but Yeah. yeah it just there you go just something a little text to yeah and you know kind words can go such a long way yes they can choose kindness i know not everybody every day can just be awesome happy and kind but try especially with young kids yeah especially we should really really be encouraging and and kind to them and teach them also be kind to yourself Yeah, yeah yeah i it breaks my heart when i hear kids talk about themselves in a negative way right no yeah. Really? Because yeah, you're they're so um, malleable. You're so yeah. moldable, right? Then, yeah. you, like you, you want to make sure that you're just like in, in early childhood development. We talk a lot about a kid's environment and where they grow up, and then how that affects them. And then also, once people know that too, you can have control over that. It doesn't yeah. define you for the rest of your life. Some people think that's the case, and it doesn't. It's like once you're informed and educated, and you have an understanding and a willingness to kind of move beyond that, and not be confined to uh, some of those maybe early childhood development restrictions that you might have, you can move beyond them. So anyway, 
but we were, I was just we're yeah. into empowering people today okay like i wish i yes. could have been there for peter back in the day you know, <laughs> know what i mean still peter you should not have done that yeah peter oh, that was like, wrong i'll be honest with you. that's really <laughs> messed up yeah. um but yeah. yeah don't do that don't do that it's a story um, okay then one of your favorite topics i said or you discussed that in a short is the fidelius charm yeah and i think mcgonagall says something very interesting uh when they talk about the charm that dumbledore right he offered to be their secret keeper yes. because um he suspected Riss murder she asked he sus- he suspected black he was sure that somebody close to the Potters had been keeping you-know-who informed of their movements, said Professor McGonagall darkly. Right. So let me tell you something about that. So Peter, when you think about him more, um, it's so ironic, actually, that, and this, this is where James and Sirius, even if they did, you know, because when you're young and you're a kid, you sometimes don't realize the power that your words have, or you don't realize that you've relegated some kid to that role of of just being the the lesser member of the group who's glorifying mm-hmm. the other members. And you don't mean to, you didn't, yeah. you don't think any of your actions uh, should have been taken that way, but you can also still be sorry that they did. And that never, that realization or that, um, that conversation never happens because one, Peter never feels comfortable enough, I think, to talk to them about his role or who, like, his, whether he's valued in the group or whatever, because mm-hmm. he goes and seeks power and, and belonging somewhere else. And then right. ironically, he's already kind of starting to, uh, pass along secrets and then right at the very yeah. end he finds out oh they trust me they trust me that is what is so crazy about it like Sirius actually was like no one's going to expect peter like let's kind of use that to our advantage yeah he's way more powerful than people realize it's like man if you could have said that and talked peter up and if that kind of talk would have been going on much much further right yes. because now we're in a life-threatening situation the most top secret dangerous situation and they turn to trust peter and peter hasn't ever really felt that from them before but it's always been there and he and they they, he failed to see he couldn't see it and they they, they're like wait a second dude we 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 love you we've always been your like close like we got your back if anything ever happens you know know. and it's just not uh yeah it yeah it's it's all of their it's just varying levels of maturity and growth. They're all young. Right. They're all super right. young, just coming out of high school, going into early uh, adulthood. And so... And I like what you said. You said Peter actually was pretty good. And, and probably being around those talented guys also oh, yeah. kind of pushed him a little bit more. Right. And they said... some. I think they said something to the like of Peter could never have done that. Black was faster. They all assumed it must have been Black who blasted all these right. models. That's yeah. awful. But Peter did that. He did. Yeah. And that's the thing. P- Peter Pettigrew is powerful. He is strong. He has a lot of, uh, I think, mental health I- yes, things that, sure. that are going on, stressors and and just, yeah, as we've been talking about, things that were keeping him back or, or yeah. an anxiety uh, that was keeping him blocked. But I think more, everything, so. yes, everything he does, though, is out of fear. Mm-hmm. He does everything to his advantage, very Slytherin-like. Yeah. He, I don't think he's completely ruthless and... I mean, that's very ruthless to, you know, kill all these muggles. Um, but I do think he often is very conflicted that he did that. And he doesn't never, he doesn't want to go there. Yeah. And he knows all I have to, like, once Voldemort is back, I have to serve him. He's my master out of fear. And this is the only thing that's left for him is he, this guy can give me power. Yeah. And 
I decided to do this. So now I have to, he cannot um, allow himself. Yeah. Uh, but I think the feelings are there that he regrets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you see it all the way at the very end of the series where in which yeah. his his compassion <gasps> yes. for Harry is his undoing when he finally is yes. sort of like, I'm going to try to make things right here. And one small gesture and Voldemort suspected it and said, no, he'll he'll want to do something for Harry to make up for that. Yeah. And, and that will be his undoing and that will take him That's down. That's in the last book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and you're like, wow. So in a way he starts to kind of take one step towards redemption or trying yeah. to do something right. And that one step towards it kills him. Yeah. That's he crazy. Knew it all along, I think, if he missed. He, oh, yeah. I'm sure he was afraid. Yeah. Absolutely, he was afraid, afraid, afraid. Yeah. And then when it came right down to, like, this boy's life is kind of in my mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. And now, what am I going to do? Because yeah. I really, this is it. This is the final moment, the final decision. Like, help him, and he, li- and the boy lives, and I die. Uh, don't help him. The boy dies, and I live. Yeah. That's really where Peter ended up. Yeah. In the end. So so crazy. Yeah, and, and and he chose to. You know, help Harry yeah. live and help his friends escape. Yeah. In a sense. I mean, it's just a small hesitation. You might yeah. say, well, it's, that's too much. But it's it's a step in that in that direction. Yeah. So, all right. Well, well the, like we said, emotional roller coaster of, uh, of a chapter. Absolutely. Absolutely. The beauty of winter, Christmas at Hogsmeade, and then this news for Harry. And I mean, he drops his, straight out, he drops his butterbeer when he hears that. Oh, he yeah. Hears, and, and, uh, Hermione and Ron can just stare at them. And it sounds like in the next chapter that they didn't really talk about it that night. Mm. They're just like in disbelief. They, they, I think Harry was very quiet probably that night. And then they try and talk about it later on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, the last thing the minister kind of promises. Yep. They're, he's looking for his master. That's what they suspect. Sirius is looking for you know who. They're doing everything to catch him before that happens. And then... They all of a sudden need to go because they're they are having dinner plans with Dumbledore and they're probably discussing the next couple of steps this school year that um, the mentors and how to catch black and all that good stuff. Yep. Wonder I wonder if that already is going in a bad direction, or if Dumbledore, you know, Dumbledore and Fudge always they have a weird relationship already. <laughs> yeah, they probably do. I can I can. Yeah. This was already like I said at the start of the chapter. It's already not a good thing that the minister just did something to do something and his you know Dumbledore doesn't want it to happen and does we don't need it here and he's like well they're gonna say Dumbledore they're gonna say I didn't do anything right you know and like I need to be doing something yeah so Dumbledore doesn't have an answer for him because Dumbledore is doing his job and Mm -hmm. it's like it's yeah already getting a little messy so woo, two hour episode yeah just enough to kind of get all of our points out and then uh just get it off our chest yes just gotta get out there okay hey and we always love getting owls from you guys so if you want to even like refer to a previous chapter oh yeah love to talk about it. we want to hear your thoughts so let us know yeah reflecting bill reflecting on the series would be yeah sorry florin bill (laughs) gmail.com thank you sorry about that uh talking over you but uh yeah no it would be great because i think going back and 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 reflecting on like the first book or something that happened there with coral when's the last time we we mentioned him you know we don't mention him a lot that's why i love doing the the shorts and the harry potter hangout and the master badger stuff like i I like has almost a million views yeah i know it's crazy (laughs) so how powerful is he i mean not he's not that powerful people love to learn more about the side characters and and yeah yeah talk about them and it's fun so if you guys have a thought or a theory, let us know. And sometimes those, th- those things do turn into shorts and we'd be more than one to give you guys a shout out Absolutely. And, and say where the theory kind of came from. Yeah. So. so this week, thank you, Rika, again for writing in. Yeah. 
All right, friends, well, that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. Uh, we hope you'll join us in the future. We thoroughly enjoy meeting those new positive Potter people that only have like babbling, bumbling bands. If you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and follow over on social media at Fleur and Bill. If you truly enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. By the way, now you can find all the patron episode Patreon episodes also on Spotify. We appreciate you to Luna and back. Guys, don't forget, you can still enter our giveaway. Simply leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Unfortunately, Spotify does not allow you to do that yet. And after 50 reviews, we will start drawing our winners. We still have our Tom Riddle Funko Pop, the illustrated version of The Order of the Phoenix, the Hufflepuff edition of The Sorcerer's Stone, signed by a true master badger, a Harry Potter cookbook, and a Shell Cottage shirt ready to be sent out. So don't hesitate. Grab your phone and write a few words on how you like the pot so far. On our next reread episode, we will continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That sounded weird. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban with Chapter 11, The Firebolt. So make sure you tune back in next time. And until then, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Mischief managed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.